everyone, welcome back to Life is Love School. My name is Yumei Chang, and in this channel, we teach survivors of childhood trauma useful skills to live a happier and healthier life. Today's topic is about anxious attached people, specifically the five things you need to know to have a healthy and happy relationship. So let's cut right into it. So the number one thing you need to know is that you need to learn about yourself meaning that you have to truly understand your attachment style. So if you are anxiously attached, generally speaking, you will feel that you want to get closer to other people, whether that's your family, your friends, or your partner, then you feel that these other people want to get to you. You also want a lot of reinsurance from people you're in relationship with, and you're constantly worried that they might not care about you as much as you care about them. And you also might be concerned that they will abandon you and that you wouldn't be able to handle it. So when people are anxiously attached, some of the scripts that go through their minds are, if I tell my partner that I'm in trouble, I feel like they won't really care. I find it very hard to forgive my partner if they've messed up. I often worry that my partner doesn't love me and I fear the end of my relationship. Now, if you are anxiously attached, some of your survival skills are you try to use other people to help you regulate emotions. In a healthy psyche, if you encounter situations that you're stressed or depressed, as an adult, we have to learn to self-soothe. But anxiously attached people are often trying to use other people to provide them the reassurance. So if they're feeling insecure about the relationship, if they're feeling that their partner is pulling it away, oftentimes what they would do is to employ something called a protest behavior, meaning that they might act really clingy, they might call their uh, partner many, many times or text them many, many times, or sometimes they might do something seemingly the opposite. For example, they might test their partner. They might push their partner away in the hopes that their partner would say, oh no, please don't push me away, I love you. So they're testing their partner to test their loyalty. And other times, a anxiously attached person might exhibit a protest behavior where they try to make the partner jealous. So again, it's a testing behavior to see if the partner still cares about them. And when that doesn't work, sometimes the anxiously attached person would then guilt or blame the partner, making them feel bad, making them feel responsible for how they feel. Or they might choose to argue with the partner. So for an anxiously attached person, any kind of connection, even if it's somewhat toxic, can feel better than no connection at all. So these are all behaviors that anxiously attached people would use to try to get the attention of their partner when they feel like their partner is pulling away. Now there is a terminology called fantasy bonding. This means that an anxiously attached person is so desperate for their partner's connection and for their partner's approval that they might put up an image as in put survival needs ahead of authenticity. The real identity of their partner is less important than the fact that there is somebody there for them. So they want the partner be there and be available just enough so that the anxiously preoccupied person feel that they have somebody. So exactly who that person is matters actually less to the anxiously preoccupied person than the fact that they have somebody. So 
a lot of times when they are with somebody, this other partner might feel that the anxiously attached person doesn't really care who they are as a person. They are just a warm body to kind of fill a spot. And the anxiously attached person literally is just needing somebody to be there for them. And who it is actually doesn't matter very much. So for the partner that's in a relationship with the anxiously attached person, the partner might not feel really understood or really matters for who they are. So that can make the other person feel quite lonely as well, paradoxically. Now, if you're anxiously attached, the number two important thing to watch out for is you don't want to get into the roller coaster ride with an avoidant partner. This is the push-pull relationship or hot-cold relationship. An avoidant is different from the anxiously attached person in the sense that they prefer to keep to themselves. They don't like to talk about their feelings. They don't want to give the partner a chance to let them down. So they kind of keep the partner at arm's length. And they also don't want to be around the partner when they're feeling upset. So they don't tend to like to share their emotions. And they seem to not care very much if the partner leaves. So in any relationship, the person who cares less holds the power. So in an anxious um, avoidant relationship, so the anxious person would often feel very powerless because the anxious person wants more intimacy and the avoidant person wants less. The interesting thing to note in this type of relationship, which is unfortunately common, is that even though it can feel quite toxic and sometimes even be abusive. It's also surprisingly familiar to both people because the anxious person likely grew up with a mentality that whoever they love will never love them enough back. And the avoidant person is always worried that they're going to be choked. They're going to be choked out of space by their partner. So when they pair up, both of their reality is confirmed or both of their belief is confirmed. And even if that is not a comfortable situation, it is a situation they're very familiar with. So we tend to, as human beings, sink into the familiar unless we are ready to make a change. So this type of arrangement is actually unfortunately common. The other reason is that because the avoidant person pushes away intimacy, the only people that can actually have a relationship with an avoidant is generally a anxiously attached person. Oftentimes a securely attached person wouldn't put up with the behavior of an avoidant because the securely attached person expects a reciprocal relationship. They expect that if they reach out that the partner would also reach back, but the avoidant doesn't. So a lot of times a securely attached person would move on and find another securely attached. Whereas the anxiously attached persons tr would get triggered and they would actually try harder and run faster. So a lot of times these two end up being together, but it's not generally a good combo. Now, the things number three to watch out for is that you don't want to use the protest behavior. The protest behavior may seem to work in the short run. It may agitate your partner to do something just to assuage you, to to make you stop your protest behavior. Cause if you're calling them at work, you know, 10 times a day, they may just call you back just so that you would stop. But in the longer run, it absolutely hurts the relationship because even if the partner calls back, if you're the anxiously attached person, you're always going to wonder, 
would she or he have called me back had I not been badgering them so much? So you're not going to get the level of satisfaction that you wish to get out of it anyways, because you try too hard to get a reaction. You don't know if they would have done it for you because they love you, or are they simply doing it because you are manipulating them to do that, or you're forcing them to do that. So you are still going to feel insecure. So love only really exists if you give them the space to come to you. It, they have to do so out of their free will, not because you're making them do that. And also, the more you try to make somebody do something, by human nature, they would resist because you are literally impinging upon their freedom. So the more that you want them to do something, the more they will resist. And the more you chase them, or they will run. So it's really important to recognize when you're feeling triggered and work on methods that you could soothe your own emotions so you don't react in a moment of agitation and do damages to the relationship. Now, things number four to watch out for is that you really want to, whenever possible, to find yourself a securely attached person. If you want to heal attachment styles, the best way to do that is actually to be in relationship with people that are securely attached. If you're anxiously attached, a securely attached person can actually help you soothe your emotion, especially if you communicate with them proactively that this is your attachment style and that you are working on trying to get better. Whereas an avoidant person would run away. So the more they run, the more you get triggered. It becomes a negative feedback loop. So you are simply triggering you to do more of what you're already doing. Maybe if you're already doing protest behavior or testing behavior, you would just get triggered to do it more and more. And the more we do something, the more those circuits in the brain gets wired. And that's not what you want to do. So you want to do the opposite. So you definitely, if possible, find a securely attached person. It will just make your life so much easier. Now, point number five is if you're with a partner that is trustworthy, who is secure, then definitely let them know about your attachment style and how you can get triggered and what might help you. This is not to say that you don't need to do your own work because at the end of the day, the change starts with you and only you can make the change yourself. However, your partner can help you along in the process. So if there are specific things that could trigger you, especially just give your partner a heads up so they are not negatively surprised when that happens. And they can also remind you. So a lot of times when we are trapped in a trigger, we don't see reality for what it is. We are single-mindedly focused and all these horror stories are spinning in our head that, you know, I haven't heard from my partner for two hours. He must be in a car accident or he is out having lunch with another person and about to dump me, right? All of these are stories, but it can run wild if left unchecked. So if your partner is somebody who is secure and trustworthy, they can help give you a different perspective or share what is actually going on with them so that through these repetition and these repeated experiences of positive experiences, you then learn to let your guard down and you can learn to trust. On the other hand, if you're with somebody who's avoidant, your protest behavior will likely be met with cold shoulders or resistance, etc., which does nothing to help you assuage your anxiety. So again, whenever possible, find yourself a securely attached person and definitely learn about effective communication. So you 
communicate your needs proactively and directly instead of passive aggressively using protest behavior, which tends to lead to nowhere. If you find the discussion helpful, I would love to invite you to join me inside Tribe, as well as I have some other useful content that you might find helpful in your healing journey. So check out the show notes and let me know if you have any ideas for other content. I'm always watching out for your comments and I create content based on what viewers tell me they love to hear about. Until next time, take care.